What's up, guys? It's Rob with That's Cool, and today we're going to be discussing fantasy football, who you should be taking with the first pick in your fantasy football drafts. Now, I'm going to be going at this from full PPR leagues because that's how I like to play. That's how I play with my friends, and I have the first pick in my own draft, which is why this podcast episode is going to be who should you draft with the first pick, and because it's probably the most asked question in fantasy football, especially this year where it's not as clear-cut as it has been in years past. This is the perfect time to break it down. I'm going to give you guys my thoughts and analysis on who I think you should take, and then we're going to go into a little bit of a mock draft and kind of plan and give you guys my thoughts on who you should kind of you know, be aware of and prepare for each selection with the first pick. So, Real quick, we know who it's between. It's between Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey. If you want to get a little weird, I mean, if you are you don't really care about those two guys, then Cooper Cup and maybe, maybe, maybe Austin Eckler fits into that conversation as potential first-round pick players this year in fantasy football. So I'm looking at this from a 10-man league too, by the way. I just want to let you guys know that. Anyway, those four players are usually who are going to be the first four players off the board this year. Or should be right if you really know fantasy football you want some and this is PPR you want somebody who can if it's a running back you want somebody who can rush and receive if you're taking a receiver you want the player to get the most catches right and that's who you're going to most likely take in the first five picks CMC Taylor Cup and Eckler will all probably be gone in the first four or five picks so those are the people who are taking with the first four but I can definitely see a case for all four of those players also being in consideration for the first pick in the draft. So, number one, obviously, is Jonathan Taylor. He's a consensus number one player picked. I'd say in about 95% of leagues, he's taken first overall. Why? Because of the year he had last year. Last year, when you look at his statistics, he had 369 yards in PPR format, right? He was ranked the number one running back. He had 332 attempts, 1,811 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns. He had 51 targets on 40 catches, 360 yards receiving, and two touchdowns to the air, and only fumbled four times, which he lost two, which is not really a concern, you know, because he got a high, you know, high volume. So, Jonathan Taylor, he's the guy who's looked at as the number one prospect. Why am I a little bit skeptical of Jonathan Taylor? There's two reasons. The first reason is. He's very running back dependent. I mean, not running back dependent. Excuse me. <laughs> running back dependent. Wow. Touchdown dependent. Because when you look at his games last year, there was a stretch of 11 games in a row from week four to week 15 where he scored a touchdown in every single game. Now, some of you guys might be thinking, oh, that's a good thing. What do you mean? That's a great thing. That means that they give him the ball in the red zone. True. That's probably what it implies. But I also don't want my running back to be so dependent on rushing touchdowns that if he doesn't score a touchdown one week, I'm screwed. Like, let's take a look at this. Week two, he had no touchdown, 6.3 points. Week three, no touchdown, 8.2 points. Do you see what I mean here? If he's not getting a touchdown, those are the type of numbers he was putting up. Then later in the season, no touchdown, 10.8 points. Then week 18, no touchdown, 12.5 points. So it's a bit of a concern, right? You're looking at a guy who, if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's more like a running back. Like, dude, He's not even a top 25 running back. 
which is atrocious. Like, you don't want that. I would say he has the safest floor out of any running back this year just because he didn't get hurt last year. He's 23. He's 226. He's a big muscular guy. He runs a 4-3, right? He's a guy that you like. He fits every box except the receiving game where he does not check off that box. And the only reason, to be honest, let's just be real, week one where he only, week one last year where he put up 17.6 points, the only reason he put that up was because he had seven targets on six catches. He doesn't get those six catches. He's not putting up 17.6 points. He's not. So my second complaint with Jonathan Taylor is this. On August 13th, 2022, Stephen Holder of ESPN published an article saying why Indianapolis coach running back Jonathan Taylor Taylor's touches and production are likely to fall this season. You can look this up on the internet. It's right here. And Frank Reich, the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, said, quote, the goal is not to lead the league in Russian. The goal is not to make Taylor the MVP of the league. The goal is to win championships. He knows that, and we all know that. That's what we're all about. Okay. That's not too much of a concern. Obviously, the goal is to win championships, I'd hope if you're a coach in the NFL. So there's nothing wrong with that statement from Frank Wright. I really don't have a problem with it. He's just saying, hey, we're here to win. We're not here for JT, which I got nothing wrong with. Then he got even more specific. Quote, you don't see teams that have this ground and pound run game win championships. You just don't. I'm sure it happened with one or two teams, but our best formula is to be balanced. I'm not saying he won't lead the league in touches because you never know how things are going to play out. But I almost don't want him to. Okay, so with a statement like that, it makes sense. You know, we want to go more balanced. Last year, he might have ran the ball a whole lot more, but we want to be more balanced because we feel like maybe that's why we lost games. We got too dependent on Jonathan Taylor. We ran the ball too much. You know what? Let's slow it down. Let's be more balanced. Throw and pass. You know, make it more even. And when he says, I don't want him, or when he says, I'm not saying he won't lead the league in touches because you never know how things are going to play out. That's that's promising. You know what I mean? Basically saying we're not going to handicap him because you never really know what's going to happen. You don't, right? But when he said, quote, I, but I almost don't want him to, that's a bit of concern for me. That's a bit of concern because at the end of the day, he's the head coach. He has the ultimate say. And when he's saying he does not want his star player to lead the league in carries, then if you're a fantasy football owner or GM, I should say, you're probably pretty worried about that statement, right? Because... But what does that mean? Is they going to cap him at like 15 or 20 carries per game? We don't want that. But to be fair, Frank Reich never really gave any information like that. This is where the problem comes in with this article. Offensive coordinator Marcus Brady said, quote, we've got to kind of handle that. Even though he's having success in that game and we are feeding him, we have to be responsible enough to understand that there is a bigger picture beyond that one game. That We've got a full season We've got a full career for him, so we've got to be disciplined. This was about, he was saying this after was asked about the team, if the team is aware of the heavy toll, like the heavy carries, the heavy toll it takes on running backs, you know what I mean, and how it affects their long-term health. So when you get an answer like that from an offensive coordinator, that's very worrisome, saying that, hey, we don't want to use him as much. And to continue in this article, Frank Reich said, again, when we talk about how, how we spread the ball around, Naheem, Naheem Hines, is in that mix. 
We're not going to overdo it, but we're definitely going into games asking, how can we get him his touches? Because of the position he plays, and because he plays behind Jonathan Taylor, you have to be intentional about it. Otherwise, the whole game can go by, and you're like, what happened? Why Why didn't he get the ball? So when I hear something like that, it's very, very nerve-wracking, right? It's it's tough, right? It's not good. And then this other quote from Naheem Hines is a little startling as well. With how fast I am, quarterbacks have often thrown the ball behind me or underthrown me. Who was and Naheem Hines was a former sprinter at North Carolina State, All-American, by the way. Matt has not done that. First day out, right on the money, and I'm like, sheesh, that doesn't happen often. Okay, so when I hear that, I'm basically what I get from this article is this. They want to limit his carries. They want Naheem Hines to get in the game. And last year, maybe a couple times, Naheem Hines did not get in the game because, why? Because they simply forgot about him. And now Naheem Hines is saying, too, that Matt Ryan is putting every pass on the money for me. You don't think that the Colts are going to acknowledge that and say, look, we got a guy who can put the ball right on the money for Naheem Hines. That gives us a weapon out of the backfield. That gives us some more versatility on offense. Of course the Colts are going to be saying that. The Colts aren't dummies. The Colts, Frank Wright is not a complete moron. He knows football. He knows what he's saying. So that's bad news for Jonathan Taylor. That's extremely bad news. Either maybe not his carries will go down, but you at least you know for sure he will not be involved in the pass game. But then this other article came out August 22nd, nine days after Frank Wright made those statements. It said, quote, or the article title, Fantasy Alert. Colts say head coach says he could have Jonathan Taylor break Russian records. This is by Timothy Rapp. Now, after reading this article, don't listen to this article. This article is complete falseness. Frank Wright said, told pro football talk that he could give the superstar running back 370 touches this year and he'd break all the records for yards and TDs. Taylor, for what it's worth, does not, doesn't appear overly concerned with those types of achievement, achievements. You can have all the yards and all the records, and if you don't get the wins, what does it all mean? He told Kane, I just don't care. Which basically is Jonathan Taylor. That article to me is a bunch of crap, and I feel like it's very, very misleading. So I would be careful about Jonathan Taylor. From what I've gotten from those two articles, is I would be very, very careful about drafting Jonathan Taylor. From the fact that he's very touchdown dependent, and that his head coach and offensive coordinator are looking to use Naheem Hines more and limit his carries to keep him long-term, long-term is something that you should definitely keep an eye out for if you're drafted with the first pick. It's not just a gimme, oh, Jonathan Taylor, boom. I say he's got the safest floor out of any running back, but he does not have the highest ceiling. He doesn't. He might have one of the best O-lines, might have a new quarterback, but no, believe me, no. I don't think that floor, I mean that ceiling, excuse me, is any higher than it was last year. And let's just be real here. Last year, he had a monster season, right? He had 370 yards in PPR, or 370 points in PPR. How much better are his numbers going to be? What, is he going to get 2,000 rushing yards, 25 touchdowns in the the rushing game? We know his receiving numbers aren't going to go crazy. So are his numbers going to jump that much? You know what I mean? There's no real room for improvement here. Christian McCaffrey, on the other hand, let's talk about him. A player where in 2018, he had 387 points in PPR leagues. That's 10 more than Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor had arguably a better season. Christian McCaffrey had 219 carries for 1,000 yards rushing, 
and seven rushing touchdowns. Okay, so he got 100 less carries, still put up 1,000 yards, still had seven rushing touchdowns. Not bad. This is where you get your value. 124 targets, 107 catches, 867 yards, and six touchdowns. That's value that Jonathan Taylor can't give you. And put it this way, Christian McCaffrey scored 13 touchdowns last year in that 2018 season. 13. Wait, is my my math correct? Yeah, 13. (laughs) How to make sure. 13. If he's putting up 13 point or 13 touchdowns and he's scoring 10 more points overall than Jonathan Taylor, that's a concern. That's a concern to me. Why would you take take Jonathan Taylor one? Already Christian McCaffrey has shown that he will give you more than Jonathan Taylor will, with, in a sense, putting up less. And when you look at that 2018 season, years where he didn't score a touchdown, 21.4 points per game, no touchdown scored. 27.9 points per game, no touchdown scored. 12.5 points, no touchdown scored. 13.6, 14, 17, 26, 29. He scored 29 points in fantasy without a touchdown. I don't see Jonathan Taylor doing any of that. I'd see Jonathan Taylor needing touchdowns, needing receiving yards, or needing rushing yards, needing needing all of it, right? McCaffrey, not so much. Now, in 2019, he had the best fantasy season ever by any player. He had 470 total points. That's 100 more points than Jonathan Taylor last year. He had 287 carries, 50, 50-ish carries less than Jonathan Taylor, 1,387 rushing yards, 15 rushing touchdowns, 142 targets, 116 catches, 1,000 yards receiving, and five touchdowns in the air. How do you beat that? You don't beat that. That's unbelievable. That's incredible. Obviously that we know that Chris McCaffrey got hurt. We get it. He got hurt in 2020. Got hurt in 2021. It's been hamstring, ankles, groins, right? And all that stuff. Not ideal. But I feel like with the most upside, you get Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey gives you the highest ceiling out of any player in fantasy football ever. And he's still 26. He's still young, guys. He's not an old guy, right? Let's not act like he's old. He has the highest ceiling. And if if he's healthy, he gives you probably... The second highest floor. And the reason I say the second highest floor is and the reason I don't put him at number one is because the injury concern. For me, a floor is, you know, I don't know. I just feel like Jonathan Taylor's floor would probably be safer just because in floor I'm going to account for injury risk, I guess. And McCaffrey's injury risk is definitely something there. They're like, There's definitely a risk there. No one's going to debate that. But I feel like Jonathan Taylor's ceiling is not going to get much higher. The only way Jonathan Taylor's ceiling will get higher is if he gets in the pass game. And you know he's not going to because the offensive coordinator nine days ago just stated we want to use Naheem Hines more in the pass game and use him more. So no, Jonathan Taylor will not be getting much higher than what he put up last year. And another point for last year, there were some games where he got 32 carries against Buffalo. 32 carries against Houston, 29 carries against New England, 27 carries against Arizona. He needed, he didn't necessarily need a lot of carries to put up big numbers in fantasy, 
but expect some of those carries numbers to go down. Expect them to go down. So right now, if you take if it's between these two players, which I'd say about for 99 to 98% of people, it is between these two players, right? But it's either Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey. And I think, honestly, you take Christian McCaffrey. And here's why. Matt Rule came out August 11th. This article was published to ESPN, or excuse me, NFL by Kevin Patra. He said, Matt Rule not worrying about Christian McCaffrey's injury history. Panthers are thinking attack. That's awesome. Matt Rule said, quote, I'm not spending my time worrying about, hey, will Christian get hurt? We're all thinking about Christian in one way only, and that's attack. That's awesome. That's beautiful. That's what you want to hear. That's awesome. He called him a dominant, dominant football player and also noted that he plays a high contact, high percentage of injury position. We're going to put him out there and play him. We want to have all of our best players for as long as possible. That's amazing. We love that. That's perfect. That's exactly what you want to hear. Then McCaffrey also noted some of his injuries have been freak incidents. I had a couple 300-pound guys fall on my ankle while I was already down. There's no drills to prepare for that. So from this article, it seems like Matt Rule is looking to use Christian McCaffrey to his fullest potential. And if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, then he will achieve that highest potential because he's going to be getting the opportunity to do so. So after hearing that, that article, which is put up on NFL, NFL.com, who sounds more like a number one pick that you would rather have? Somebody who has a safer floor, but his coach is looking to limit his reps, limit his carries, limit his targets, or somebody who might have the who has the higher ceiling, and his coach is talking attack. For me, you want to take Christian McCaffrey. If it's between these two players for you, I think you take Christian McCaffrey over Jonathan Taylor. Yep, I said it. I think Christian McCaffrey is somebody who you take this year. And I'm going to be honest. People are talking, oh, well, injuries, you know, once you get injured once, you get injured again, blah, 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 blah. Do people forget that Austin Eckler uh, two years ago had the worst injury probably in football? I think his hamstring tore off the bone or his hamstring tore. I know that. Which is worse than what McCaffrey had. All of his injuries combined. That's worse than what McCaffrey had. And he bounced back last year with one of the best seasons in fantasy. Eckler finished with what? 339 points. That's 30. 30 behind Jonathan Taylor. 30. Right? He was coming for that crown. He could have been there. Right? He was in consideration. He was the second best RB in fantasy right so he bounced back from injury there's a good chance that you could see Christian McCaffrey also bounce back from injury this year I believe it 100% so I'm taking Christian McCaffrey it's between Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey now the other outsiders I, we kind of mentioned Austin Eckler so we'll leave it at that I'm not going to dive too much into more about him now let's talk Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup last year was the best player in fantasy not Jonathan Taylor so if you're going to be taking the best player with the first pick, which I think you should, Cooper Cup, all honesty, is I mean he has to be in that conversation. You can't be discussing your first round pick if Cooper Cup is not in that consideration. He had 439 points in fantasy last year. That's 30 less than Christian McCaffrey's year, which is kind of remarkable to think about. That's insane from Cooper Cup. He had 145 catches, 191 targets, 1,947 yards, 
and 16 touchdowns. Cooper Cup's got to be considered in this conversation. With Matt Stafford, he went off. And I know some of the talk is right now that Matt Stafford's got an elbow issue, whatever. Don't worry about that. I've read that from a fantasy doctor that low risk for Matt Stafford. He should be he should be ready to go. He should be fine. And also, he's played with worse. Not really a big concern there. So, Cooper Cup is somebody you should 100% be looking at with the first round pick. Easily. Look at those those numbers are incredible. And will they be around the same? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have quite the same year. Let's say he has 135 catches. Let's say he has 1,600 yards. Let's say he has 14 touchdowns or 13 or 12 touchdowns. He's still going to most likely finish as the wide receiver one. He's still going to most likely finish with over 350 fantasy points in the total. And if that's the case, that puts you right around right around where Jonathan Taylor finished last year. Right? So why wouldn't you look at Cooper Cup with your first round pick? I think Cooper, Cooper Cup could be the best pick this year in fantasy football, the most safest pick in fantasy football. Maybe some people don't want to acknowledge that. I have no problem acknowledging that, that Cooper Cup might be the guy. Right? He has potential to be that guy. He was the, by far the best player in fantasy football. So to me, it really comes down to Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, and Cooper Cup. And if I had to put them in order, and I guess Austin Eckler, we'll put them in there because I said there were four. Actually, let's talk Austin Eckler before I put everybody in order. Austin Eckler. A lot of people are considering him to be a first-round pick, the first pick. Why? Because he's basically Christian McCaffrey, but not as good as Christian McCaffrey. He's like, he's not the Walmart version, but he's just not as elite as Christian McCaffrey. He put up 339 yards in PPR. Or, excuse me, sorry. 339.8 points in PPR as a whole last year, which was only 30 behind Jonathan Taylor. He had 206 attempts for 911 rushing yards and 12 TDs. He had 94 targets for 70 catches, 647 yards, and 8 touchdowns. The biggest problem for me is how touchdown dependent he also seemed to be. If he didn't score a touchdown, 9.5 points, 22.5 points, which is great. You'd love to see it. But, you, you know, I don't know. Just something about his touchdowns. Like, if he didn't, doesn't score a touchdown in some of these games down the stretch, you're looking at 9 points. You're looking at 10 points. You're looking at 12 points. You're looking at 14 points, right? He doesn't score a touchdown here, 15 points. No, none here, 8 points, right? It's tough. It really is tough with, with Austin Eckler. But the upside with Austin Eckler is I expect his receiving numbers to go up, drastically up, because in 2019, when he had 306 points in fantasy, he didn't nearly have as much production on the ground, but he had more catches. He had 108 targets with 92 catches for 993 yards in 2019 at the running back position. But on the ground, he had 132 yards with 557 yards and three touchdowns. So essentially, if he can produce the kind of rushing season that he had in 2021 with the receiving numbers he had in 2019, you're looking at a Christian McCaffrey-type player. Damn, you're getting close to Christian McCaffrey's best fantasy season ever. And that's just the facts. So I think Austin Eckler is somebody who, in all honesty, should be in consideration for the first-round pick. So I'd say it's between those three players. right? Christian McCaffrey, 
Jonathan Taylor, and Cooper Cup, and Austin Eckler. I think those are the four players who are in consideration for the first-round pick. I'm not considering Derrick Henry, not really a PPR magnet, not somebody in PPR who I really love, right? His best year of his career was 330 points in 2020. No, for me personally, no. In PPR, that was the third best running back. I don't think you take Derrick Henry one. I just don't see it. And he's probably the only person that you can argue here. If you're arguing Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson had 330 points last year too. I see his numbers going up. But again, how much? Is it more catches? I don't know. So between those three guys, I think you go Christian McCaffrey with the first option. I think you take Christian McCaffrey. Let's say you hear that and you say, I don't really trust Christian McCaffrey with injuries. Okay, no problem. The second player I'd pick is Cooper Cup. Eh, well, Matt Stafford. Okay, third player I'd pick is Jonathan Taylor. Then Austin Eckler. I think that's the order that you would contemplate these players. I think Christian McCaffrey is the best player in fantasy. If he stays healthy, you get that high, high ceiling. The highest ceiling there is with it's just incredible. Or you go... Cooper Cup, who has a very high ceiling too, probably the second highest in fantasy football with one of the best floors there is. And if you don't like that because of Matt Stafford, then you go Jonathan Taylor, who has the safest floor. And then if not, you go Austin Eckler, which you're taking a big risk on. So to me, I think those are the the four in order of how you should be rating players and who you should be in order of contemplating who you take with your first pick. Because to me, Christian McCaffrey's the best guy. Now, in a mock draft scenario, let's say I do take Christian McCaffrey with the first pick. Okay, I take him. Wow, and this league Cooper Cup went two, which I think is how it should go. Jonathan Taylor went three. I think that Cooper Cup is the second best player in fantasy football. Now, I understand where people say, well, you should be taking a running back with your first pick. I personally say you should be taking the best player with the first pick. And that's, to me, Christian McCaffrey, but to some it might be Cooper Cup. Okay, with my second pick, let's say, okay, so CeeDee Lamb went, all these other players already went. You're not going to know who they are. I'm not going to really break it down because it's not really worth me describing every single pick to you guys. Put it this way, wide receiver, I have Debo, A.J. Brown available. Those are the best two available. And running back, I got Aaron Jones and Javante Williams available. So basically, every other elite running back already went, like Barkley, Kamara, Swift, Chubb, they already went. And the CeeDee Lamb, Tyreek, they all went as well. Okay, with pick 20, in the first round. I would probably go running back here. I think that going a running back is a great idea. I personally wouldn't go wide receiver. I think that with your first two picks, you probably want to load up on running backs because running backs, the elite running backs are far and few between. There's not too many guys that can be elite running backs. So the elitist running back here for me is Aaron Jones. I would take Aaron Jones. Then with my next pick, this is what what might shock a lot of people And I'm not going to announce what I'm going to be doing with my third pick because because if my friends listen to this, I don't want them to know what I'm doing here with my third pick. So I'm just going to take the player. I'm not going to describe who it is. I'm not going to say who it is. I'm not going to say what position he is or he might be quarterback. He might be a wide receiver. He might be a risky pick here. I don't know, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want people to know what my third round pick is going to be. But then... With the fourth pick, obviously I'll let you guys know at the end of how I draft on Thursday, how I turn out. But then with my fourth pick, I'm looking at wide receiver. I may or may not need one. I see Michael Pittman. He looks pretty good. I like Michael Pittman this year. 
If running back, I see Travis Etienne and Cam Akers. Remember, I got a back-to-back here. So I take Travis Etienne with my first pick, and then I'm going to take Michael Pittman. I think Etienne and Michael Pittman are both great picks, both high upside. I know Etienne is a little bit more risky, but I do like Etienne. He has potential to be a kind of Austin Eckler type player. This year for the um, Jacksonville Jaguars, the only issue is if he gets the majority of the carries in the red zone. So with my sixth pick, looking around at what I see here, I see Cortland Sutton. Now, the running backs, obviously Clyde and A.J. Dillon, but I already have Aaron Jones, so I don't really need A.J. Dillon, and I hate Clyde. I'm going to take Cortland Sutton because, obviously, you either want Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy because of Russell Wilson. The pass and offense should increase. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Then with my seventh pick, I'm going to take another player who already went. This player already went in this draft, this mock draft, but in most drafts I do, he falls this late. I'm going to take this player at seven. Now, I'm not going to say who that player is for the same reason of if my friends are listening, I don't want them to know who I'm taking here because for me, pick three and pick seven are the biggest picks, most controversial picks in my draft, and there's players that I really want at those positions, and I don't want people to know this and potentially take them before. So I'm not going to mention who it is. Anyway, we continue down. This wasn't the player in this exact draft that I'm doing now, but he should be there when I draft in person. He could be a quarterback, he could be a tight end, he could be a receiver, he could be a running back. I don't know what he is, right? I'm not going to let you know. All right, anyway, at pick, 20, at pick 80, right? Looking at the team, who who could I take here? A running back, Damian Harris, don't really like him this year. I like Kareem Hunt a lot, and I like Kenneth Walker. I'm going to take Kenneth Walker for the upside. The reason I'm perfectly fine with saying that is because everybody knows about Kenneth Walker. It's no secret. At wide receiver... Hunter Renfro, yeah. Devontae Smith, yeah. Guys with not very high, high ceilings. Elijah Moore, on the other hand, I do really like a t- at wide receiver. But looking back at running back, again, no one I really like here. Tough position to be in. But I think I'm going to take Elijah Mitchell. I'm going to take Elijah Mitchell because I feel like his upside is very, very high, especially with Garrett Wilson being a little bit iffy right now. And because... It's not just going to be the Garrett Wilson show, right, in New York. Okay, so as we continue this draft, going to pick 100. Who will I take? Just so happens that Damian Pierce fell to me. I'm going to take him. Again, I'm okay with telling people that because everybody already knows about Damian Pierce. And I'm going to take Chris Olave for my next pick. More upside. And as you guys can probably see, I'm taking more upside near the end of my drafts because I feel like upside near the end of a draft is perfect. That's where you find league winners. You're not going to find a league winner in Kareem Hunt because you know what Kareem Hunt's going to give you. You're not going to have a league winner in Melvin Gordon because you know what Melvin Gordon's going to give you. You're not going to have a league league winner in Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, or you know Christian Kirk, or Rashad Penny, or Brandon Ayuk because you know what those players are going to give you. For rookies, you don't know. Like if you drafted Jamar Chase last year, pretty late in a in a draft, you would have hit a home run, right? You would have drafted the third best receiver in probably fantasy football last year, right? And then I'm going to take Sky Moore, and then obviously a kicker just because the last two picks, I'm going to take a kicker and a defense just because uh, a kicker will be one of the picks I do take in my draft, but defense won't be. But for the sake of this draft, I'm just going to take a defense. It's not really a big deal. But yeah, so essentially how I'm thinking this year is taking running back, running back, 
blank at pick three. I'm not going to tell you who I'm picking at pick three. It's very, very interesting. Then I'm going to go running back, receiver. It's really going to depend on who's available at the stra- in the draft with my friends because they're all pretty good at fantasy. So it's going to be tough to see who's going to still be there and who's not going to be there. So this draft was basically, in this episode of the podcast, was to basically say who I think you should take with the first pick in the draft. And to me, like I said in order, I'll rehash it one more time. I think it's Christian McCaffrey, Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, and Austin Eckler in that order. So if you don't like Christian McCaffrey, you go to Cooper Cup. If you don't like Cooper Cooper Cup, you go to Justin, or Jonathan Taylor. If you don't like Jonathan Taylor, you go to Austin Eckler. So again, that's who I think it should be. I think you should be taking Christian McCaffrey with your first pick in your fantasy football draft. And with that being said, I will see you guys on Friday. On Friday, I will upload another podcast, and it will be a recap of my draft, my fantasy league, best teams, projections, how it worked out for me, my thought process, and all stuff like that. So without further ado, guys, I'll see you on Friday. Peace.